get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. There's no way that you could grow as a human if you're in the same position, right? And there was a point in time where like Shop Latinx was extremely stagnant and I was a nanny and I was an Uber driver and I didn't know what I was going to do with this. And it got to a point where like I almost resented what I had built because I'm like, you know, what's crazy about Shop Latinx, I feel like people look on the Instagram page or the website and they think that it's a huge team behind it when in reality it's me. And then I have Brianna who makes all the graphic designs, you know, mm. but for me, I'm the customer service. I'm the marketing. I'm the social media manager. You know what I mean? Like I dictate the vision and the future of Shop Latinx and Two years ago, I was not like this. <laughs> like, I'm not the woman that I was two years ago. And then I remember, you know, I was in this relationship. I was extremely depressed. And I was going to shut down Shop Latinx. And I had two options. It was I either delete this shit and get a job or I figure this out. And I would have, I would rather fail and figure it out than be complacent and get a job and then look back when I'm 40 and be like, damn, I wonder what would have happened had I just continued. That was Brittany Chavez. Brittany Chavez is the founder of Shop X, an online marketplace for the Latin community with hundreds of products available to celebrate and support the culture. Brittany built this company from the ground up, yo, and she's all about sacrificing. You know, and I know I say that transactionally as if it's easy, but she really did everything that she could to keep this company going and, and keep her focus on it. She drove Uber, she was a nanny, and she even went as far as moving back in with her parents and she slept on a mattress in her little brother's playroom. Now you look at her and she's doing a campaign for Nike and she's getting seed funding for the growth of her company. I mean, honestly, she's the ultimate symbol of sacrificing and doing what you have to do to support your dreams. In this episode, we decided to play a game called We Are Not Really Strangers, and that's a purpose-driven card game that's all about inspiring meaningful connections. And in this episode, we did just that. We talk about everything from relationships to mental health uh, to family trauma and much more. You're going to hear us laugh, cry, inspire, and most importantly, heal. As always, thank you for listening. This is Helping Homies Win. Yeah, topics go there. They definitely go there. So, so once again, this is We're Not Really Strangers. So Are we filming? Are we recording? Yeah, we started. Is this thing on? Yes, it is. So what Your cards are not in order. If I, this is if I tap. No, yeah, I think you're pretty good. Yeah, if you tap, you're fine. Just you want to hold it and like. Oh, oh, so we already started. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna do this part. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll let you answer. We'll ask, let you ask your level one first um, into the mic, and then we'll we'll answer. Accordingly. All right. So question number one is, what is my body language telling you right now? Mm. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I hate when I make noise first because I just suggest <laughs> I should answer first. That's a delicious I, I question. A too, mm, what does your body language tell me about you? Uh, right now. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say you're... I would. Uh, you may be a little self-conscious just a little bit. Like, just kind of like aware or just um, 
curious as to what's going to happen. I don't want to say anxious, but just I would say like hyper awareness a little bit, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know you, so I don't know how you normally act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even right now when I when I said that question aloud, I looked, I noticed my feet and like how they're crossed mm. and I have this like tightness in my chest. Like yeah. I'm a little nervous. Okay. Yeah. So Interesting. you're right. Interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to say something similar. Just I think like you're ready, but at the same time, like unsure of what's about to Anticipating, happen. Anticipating like yes. what what's going to happen on this podcast. Right. What are we getting mm. into? What are the questions going to be? And also too, just trying to be as a transparent, like transparent, but I know myself, like I talk a lot. So just being aware that this is going to be <laughs> live. <laughs> interesting okay. yeah interesting now you know b chavez so based on like seeing her in other settings is it is it apparent that that she's nervous or no i think it's just what i said i think like anticipatory yeah. like just i didn't hear what ready. you said i'm sorry oh yeah well i yeah. said it yeah <laughs> just anticipating and um i think it's, it doesn't seem like super uncomfortable from mm -hmm. what i can like gather it just seems very yeah. like I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trying to be present and like yeah. allow myself to experience it. Yes. And I feel like that's natural. You know, yeah. I feel like that's a very natural place yeah. to be in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... you do this. You've been interviewed. I have <laughs> been. It's been a wild year. What was your first impression of me? Let's let Beach have answer that one. <laughs> okay. My first impression of you, like quiet, mm. quirky. You have that, um, what's his name? He was in Uncut Gems in Atlanta. Lakeith Stanfield, Lakeith Stanfield. vibes. Wow. Do you get that? No. Have you ever I mean, gotten that? I've heard somebody say I look like him before, which I don't agree, but. I've, I can yeah. see the resemblance. Interesting. But like, the, Interesting. but also that like personality, just like very mm -hmm. reserved. But like if someone were to have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation yeah. with you, like you'd be deep. Mm. That's interesting. Like you look just, yeah, mm, like very pensive, yeah. very like yeah. you think about everything. Am I close? I don't know. I mean, I'm really? a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm different depending on what's going on because I'm there. Historically, I'm very loud and obnoxious at times really? and jokey and crazy. kind of depends on my mood. Um, but I think it depends on the setting. Like now, like I am kind of like, you know, I, in these spaces, I, be I become a little more reserved mm -hmm. because I don't ever want to like control spaces or conversations or whatever the case is so i'm hyper aware because of that because i know that like i'm able to like not dictate but i'm able to like influence or um yeah like influence spaces you know no that's good I mean, yeah like you seem just very like fluid and adaptable mm. you know what i mean and i feel that there it really bothers me when like people can't pick up on social cues yeah. you know what i mean or like they're able to yeah, just I think like leverage empathy to make sure that like everyone in the room is comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, right now we're all chilling. And if you were to bring that obnoxious energy here, like, yeah. I'd be like, bro, <laughs> 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 what? it's too early. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a time and a place for everything. Yeah. But that's what I'm picking up for yeah. you right now. Just like you're chilling. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Um, My first impression, I'm trying to think back to like, when we, whatever year that 2001? was. 2001? No, like t I said what? Like uh, 2011 or something? So y'all yeah. been in college. He was in college. Yeah. I wasn't oh. that smart. I wasn't that smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> dang. I'm trying to think. First impressions. 
My memory is so shot. Um, I think I just remember feeling like you were active. Mm. You know what I mean? Just like very present, like just trying to make things happen. Yeah. You know, I remember conversations <clears throat> about, you know, what 5710 was doing at the time and yeah. what you had going with the association. Yeah, um, like I remember you being like the like the one who was like, "Yo, I'm trying to figure out how this is done." Like mm -hmm. very um, interested in learning the space to be able to adapt and figure out what you wanted to offer to those spaces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, like I felt like that was unique because I feel like a lot of people come into spaces not really wanting to show that they don't know something or that they're trying to learn something. Mm -hmm. You know, they wouldn't say, "Oh yeah, we're trying to figure this out. We want to do X, Y, Z." Yeah, and I feel like you were very open to other people's input. Um, to be able to apply that to where you were and like what you and your team yeah. needed at the time. Um, so I always thought that was very unique. Um, so I felt like in spaces like that, I would just try and figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that stood out to me that you had a trait that was something I admired in that way. Interesting. You know? That is a very like admirable quality too. I think that even, you know, myself, it's like you can't grow when you, when you put your ego first, you know, and like you have to be vulnerable and like, surround yourself with extremely smart people that you could learn from mm. you know so i think that's really cool yeah mm -hmm. that's interesting it's funny because i don't know if i ever told you that though but when i had met you it was from a place of like it was a place of admiration mm. you know i was looking at you throwing these parties and you seem like that like that dude you know what i'm saying mm. so in that setting it was like me trying to learn or um kind of be close to what i felt like was um just a cool way to be Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, so that's really interesting. But it was it was very much like I would say attracted, to, um, you know, for lack of a better word. But it's like attracted to like the energy that you had and the stuff that you were doing, and you know, the girl that she was with at the time, and you know, like all of that stuff looked like like you looked like you were in a really cool spot. Wow. And then I got to know you. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized it was all a facade. <laughs> that's good. That's uh, good. That's good. Level one. Okay. So my question is, do you think I fall in love easily? Why or why not? Mm. Why did I keep this card? I should have switched it out. <laughs> I don't know, but I would probably say no. And I would just say that because, I mean, I don't really know of anyone you've dated. Mm. I think my homegirl told me of like one girl that you've dated but I don't really know the specifics. So mm. I think I'm just making, I'm, 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 I'm saying that answer just based on my general um, perspective of men. I think. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tell us more. Tell us more. Um, I think some most just lack like, <laughs> I don't know. There's, I think men aren't in tune with their emotions as much as women are. Mm. So, like, it ta it would just take them a while to to be in love like that or to be completely vulnerable. I think mm. that maybe hyper masculinity is what stops men from being their full self and like expressing all forms of themselves. So. I think just because like there's that void that I don't think men could just fall head over heels quickly like that. Wow. Mm. That's really good. We just had a um, gathering of like six bros mm -hmm. yet last night. And um, we, we kind of do dove into the idea of just 
vulnerability and like our emotions and being more aware and like what does it mean to be a quote-unquote man and how that has potentially misguided us you know this expectation or what we think we're supposed to live up to and um, that was kind of one of the things I took away was this idea that to be a man in some capacity it is to not be as led by feelings and emotions Mm. so almost rejecting what they are versus learning how to navigate through what I'm feeling and finding different ways to express it so not abandoning it but growing in my expression of the feelings that I feel you know what I mean and I was like oh that's interesting so that's dope that you like articulated that in that way yeah I've I've definitely noticed that. And I think as a woman who's coming into her own more, there are things about masculinity that like don't really fulfill me anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I know for a fact that my next partner has to be like more fluid than the average man in America is. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm very much more gravitated to like, feminine energy and Mm. every human has both masculine and feminine and why is it that like men can't tap into that you know what i mean like why can't we you cuddle and like express yourself and like be able to tap into again that like vulnerability that we all possess and for me it's like i've dated so many men and i'm just so fucking tired of being the one to like do the emotional work to like Mm. strip the man of all this like hyper masculinity and try to get to their core like i'm done with that i just want a person who's like already open and already has like done the work to like embrace them their full selves Mm. you know like i'm just i'm so i'm I'm like like masculinity the, the 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 definition or like i guess what's being portrayed right now like it's it's not for me, bro. Yeah, like, I'm I'm kind of over it. I feel it's that. boring. How how would you how would you define masculinity? It's interesting because like you know back to the conversation we had last night as well. Um, we were kind of talking about the idea in and of itself. I feel is unnatural, right? So I look at children particularly, and there's a sweetness about any child, male, female, whatever, that seems to be inherent. You know, even the way kids love and the way they speak and the way they dance and the way they move, there is nothing masculine about it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even in young boys, right? So I feel like masculinity is something that's taught, you know, and that it's it like isn't. a social construct. Yeah, yeah, like it doesn't really exist. It is like a, um, a conditioning. Ooh. But I'm curious as to your relationship to masculinity or what that means for you. Yeah, I think my relationship to masculinity uh is like toxic. Mm. Um, ew, I'm like getting teary eyed. But like, I think <laughs> you know. But there, I'll, I'll say two points. Is like, I've only seen like even when it comes to love and like masculinity, I've only seen examples of the type of man or relationship like I don't want. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's you know even with the relationship with my parents, like it was just it was fucked up, you know, and just like see my dad, just someone that I really, really looked up to, you know, or just like, yeah, or, or just like, and I think because 
someone like my dad raised me, I started dating men that were just like my dad and they were all toxic too, you know? Ew. But I will say that like 2019, I've definitely learned to rebuild my relationship with men and to start trusting men more. Um, I got out of a relationship last year and then I immediately dove into this little Mm. situationship but he was older and he had like a six-year-old daughter Mm. and for my birthday he took me to hawaii and like Mm. just like granted he and i didn't have the chemistry that i wanted yeah but in that moment like he 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 was like the first person i met that like damn like i guess all men aren't shitty after all Mm. you know and i think that after that and after like experiencing him this year i've definitely expanded my horizons in terms of like the types of people that I've dated and then the people that I started attracting were like so much better to the point where like even over the summer I dated someone for like three months and we ended but like to this day like that is my homie you know and like I didn't even the guy that took me to Hawaii like that is my friend you know and like I don't think I'm cool with like any of the people that I've dated before but yeah I think the relationship that I have with this quote unquote, like masculinity, like isn't good, but I'm starting to see that like, yeah, it was just like an ingrained, it would, it's not, yeah. You know, like I just, I unfortunately had to deal with like really shitty men, but this year or 2019 definitely gave me hope that like, there's some really solid individuals out there, you know, that like, go to therapy and like do the work and like do whatever it takes to make sure that like they're their best selves. And like, that's, that's the type of masculine, like that, that's, that's what makes a man to me, you know, like to me, it's like when you're a man, like you're vulnerable, you're open, you're, you remove, you detach yourself from your ego. Like that's strength, you know, like everything that I thought was strong in the past, like I look back and it was just like a warped, mentality or like a warped perception that I had you know because like I remember just dating guys who were like fucking punching holes in walls type shit you know or like extremely jealous that like even when another guy looked at me like homeboy wanted a fight (laughs) you know what I mean and it's Mm. like I thought that that was what love was and now that I see that's like you know masculinity is just you being so comfortable with yourself and like exploring every part of yourself as as just a human you know like that's that's strength that's beautiful and seen that's good, that's good. <laughs> Yo, i want to tell you something listen don't ever be grossed out or you know you don't have to make jokes about like you're crying it's fine you know what i mean i've been crying listen i was crying last night like a little baby really i swear yeah, yeah i was in there just boohooing i got hot and i took my clothes off and i realized beautiful. i was probably crying because i was hot <laughs> but, but no, it's. I mean, I think, I think it's beautiful to be able to, you know, allow yourself to reach those places. One thing I'm learning is, uh, it's one thing I'm learning <laughs> is uh, to allow myself to feel. And I feel mm-hmm. like the problem with masculinity, you know, is the fact that we're not allowed to feel. You know, that whenever we do have emotions or we're, whenever we're engaging in conversation or expressing how we feel, it's looked at as weakness, mm-hmm. right? From men and women. Really? For women too? We, we project that too. Really? Wow. I would have never thought that. 
Are you serious? So, listen, last night we were talking about like how we feel like women have like this safety of to be able to express their emotions. Dude, and- I can't even tell you how many times I've read tweets that like oh, he's gay if he even likes, like, and you know what I mean? You've seen yeah, those tweets. See or like, yeah, you know, right. I feel like we definitely, we, we well, definitely. You mean women, I, I thought you meant women to woman. What you mean? Oh. Women's perspective of men. Yeah, women yeah. to men. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Women to men. That makes sense. No, yeah. <laughs> women to women. I realized what she was saying. Later. Yeah, oh, later on. Yeah, I thought okay. she was talking about amongst women. Okay, oh, cool. no, so no, we're no. saying the exact same okay. thing. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, for me, because I'm an extremely insensitive individual as well, and uh-huh. it's like, I found that, um, one thing I'm debating with now is, you know, how to articulate it because I've I've kind of existed on both extremes at this point now. You know, I've had relationships where I didn't talk at all, and I've had some where I may have talked too much. Hmm. You know, so what is a healthy bound uh, boundary in the middle to be able to exist in a way that um, attract is attractive? I guess and is a, is probably the wrong word, but is a is is a way that's um, you know, I guess well received or whatever the case is. It's like what is the right you know what i mean yeah yeah Uh, i mean also being my like i've definitely dated people who like i was so happy that they were open with me but i'm like bro like you should probably get a therapist right right. (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm so tired of this emotional dump at the end of the day like that's big stop shitting on me yeah Yeah. that's big and i think and i think that's the that's the balance you're talking about tony like the idea of how much do we share and what is our responsibility as opposed to looking mm. to that person to be the one that heals us or fixes us or yeah. does the work for us. And right. I think it's a matter of saying, Hey, this is what I'm working on. This is where I am in my process, but it's ultimately my responsibility. And I think right. your partner at that time has to make a decision as far as how much of themselves they have the capacity to give in supporting you mm. on your journey, as opposed yeah. to be the one guiding you or leading you. Cause then we yeah. end up looking to this person as, the person who's going to save us essentially, yeah. you know, from ourselves. So. I feel like that's a very toxic trait too. You know, like yeah. I would never, even right now, like I would never want to enter a relationship thinking that like they're my other half type shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a very toxic way of thinking and it's extremely unfair to the other person. Cause it's like, I didn't come here so that like, I could better you. I want to better myself and like we yeah. get better together. together. Yeah. Um, mm. Also, I mean, that comes with just transparent communication, too, right? Like, talking to your partner, asking them, like, what their limits are, what, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, just being just being mindful of your partner at all times right, is yeah. essential to having, like, a healthy relationship. Yeah. That emotional intelligence is so key. So key. So Man. key. Man. I love your word choice when you talk about, like, a, it being a partnership as opposed to relationships. I think relationship um, is, is like loaded to me now. Oh, like yeah. Like it has this negative kind of, not a, well, negative connotation in my eyes of like this idea that this person is supposed to make you happy, is supposed to, you know, um, love you or whatever the case is and make you feel good as opposed to when I think about partnerships, it's like, you know, you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. And when we have the space and time to coexist, we do, mm-hmm. you know, but we're both on our own individual journeys. They may intersect at times, but we're not on the same path together necessarily. Oh, a hundred percent. I think for me, aside from me being like Aquarius as fuck, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I really do respect just my autonomy. Mm. You know, I think that's one of the fears I have in, in that I have when it comes to being in a quote unquote relationship or a partnership or whatever. It's just like losing that autonomy. Like, oh my god, so. 
I was just talking about this to my homeboy yesterday. It's like, so at 28, like people get married and then for the rest of their lives, like they have to check in with the other person about like everything they're fucking doing every day. Like, mm. you know, or like, what if I just wanted to go on a plane and go to like China for a month and like come yeah. back? Like, I think that for me, yeah, like relationships and marriage and like partnerships. I'm like, it's so loaded and... I don't know if it's for me. Like, I, mm. you know, it's funny. It's like, I for sure, when I think about my life, I think about, yes, falling in love, but I, I feel like I could fall in love multiple times. Like, mm. I feel like I have multiple soulmates. Mm. You know, like, every, you meet people and people bring things out of you, different things out of you, yeah. you know? And I guess I'm at a point, like, I don't want to choose just one. <laughs> like, I want to experience, I want to have, like, I can picture myself on a yacht with some really, you know what I mean? And over here, and then I can picture dating a woman over there. Like, I just want to, I think, I, I just want to experience everything at this point. Yeah. I feel like I might be a little too young still for a relationship. Like, I want to get to know myself more and, like, what really makes me happy and, like, what I, the qualities that I really want in a, in a human that I want to spend, like, a long time with. Yeah, that's good. I love that. I just want to thank you for like allowing yourself to I think share that because I think often yeah. we don't often have conversations like this that we're able to open up and be clear about even where we are as individuals and like our process and where yeah. we are in that process because I think society tells us oh you're 28 you're supposed to do this and that and we've been conditioned you know oftentimes to feel like that's that what that's what success is or that's where you're supposed to be in this point in life and we're all on different journeys mm -hmm. and i think someone said it yesterday but um yeah the homie mentioned needing to give himself grace like he was in so many situations and in a depression and he's just now beginning to find a way outside of that so he can't expect himself to be all these things that he wants to be because he's still like very close to where he used to be. So he has to give himself grace to heal in that process before moving forward to even get to that next goal, you know? But if you look on the outside, someone who doesn't know where he's been, they can put all these expectations on him. And if he's not aware of himself to know where he is, he'll fall forward and tell himself that's where I'm supposed to be. So that is beautiful. And that comes from a, a place of self-awareness too. Like he, I'm sure he had to do a lot of work on himself to even come to that conclusion. And grace was a word that I told myself was the word of the month in November of 2019, two months ago, because I was in the same space too. It was just like all these expectations of being a founder, just everything, you know, mm -hmm. was, was falling on me. And it was just like kind of give myself grace and then give gratitude to like the shit that I've gone through and just be like, patient and like loving with myself like i would to a friend yes mm -hmm. yes man tony told me something like that recently yeah my friend um zoe renee a beautiful 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 soul um i, I think i was i might have been depressed which isn't you know you know isn't a surprise but uh she told me one day like we were talking we had a great conversation or whatever she was leaving and she was like uh hey be nice to my friend today and i was like what she said, be nice to my friend. And it took me a minute. And then she was like, you, be nice to yourself today, you know? And it was just a beautiful, like, a beautiful uh, reminder, you know, because we're often, you know, 
looking at other people and we're trying to be nice to other people sometimes for them to be able to you know give us something or whatever the case is but we forget to love ourselves sometimes mm. in the process you know so it yeah chills <laughs> <laughs> that is so beautiful yeah yeah so thank she's, you zoe she's a great friend shout out to zoe yeah. that activated my tear ducts I know. <laughs> okay zoe <laughs> Bro, I didn't think we was gonna be here crying at 9 a.m. I know. <laughs> I know I had emotions just earlier, bro. I didn't even have my coffee yet. Facts. Uh, Facts. This is sweet. This is dope. Who's, who's next? Yeah, I forgot. I think I'm on. next. Yes. 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 Okay. Let me pull a card. Did I put them in my? Oh. Up in okay. the So number two. Okay. Oh. What part of your life works? What part of your life hurts? Mm. Who wants to cry first? <laughs> I'll go. What part of my life hurts? What part of my life works? Yeah. I'll say the part of my life that hurts. Hurts, man. I think I would just say my um I want to say relationships in some capacity. I think about just learning what my position is in relationships. Um romantic, learning my position in my relationship with my father, um with my mom, my extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins. I think I feel a lot of expectations um, or a lot of pressure. I don't know if it's me putting them on myself or just the conversations I'm having with family members, but uh, my family is Belizean. Um, and even on my dad's side, they're not Belizean, but it just feels like there's a lot of brokenness. And I feel like when things aren't necessarily going as smoothly as possible, I kind of get pulled into the middle to kind of help figure it out or come in and provide some type of support and that pressure is something that I just became aware of that mm -hmm. I feel and like I think um, I need to understand for myself. Um, I think when I find myself in spaces with these individuals and trying to figure it out with them, they don't even realize the pressure or like what they're loading off on me, you know? So I have to develop some level of awareness for myself of what I have the capacity to give mm -hmm. and then be clear in communicating those things. And it's interesting because I never thought I would have to navigate relationships outside of the romantic space. I felt like my my development was solely just about, let me figure out what um, these relationships need of me. And I think that one of the biggest things was realizing that I have to also be in control and aware and sensitive to the relationships that have even existed before I started mm -hmm. to navigate life as an adult because the conditioning is still there. So I grow up thinking, well, I'm supposed to do this for my family because they did this for me. Um, I'm supposed to do this because mm -hmm. this person has done that, you know, and it's just not healthy because mm -hmm. it interferes with my growth. It inter interferes with my development. So I'm in this position now where I think it hurts, but I'm in the process of feeling out what that healing looks like. I'm no longer trying to chase after you know, validation in the hopes that it's going to fulfill me or heal me. I'm actually looking more internally Ooh. than externally in that process. 
You know, I think this comes with being in your mid-20s. It's like mid to late 20s, I feel like. We're not selfish enough, you know? Mm. Like we're in this, we're still young. We still haven't even lived to one-fourth of our lives. You know what I mean? Like we haven't even reached that. And I don't know, like I just, yeah, I just feel like we're not selfish enough. Or we, we, there are all these standards that are placed onto us like we're supposed to figure out what we want for the rest of our life at 19 like are you serious so thank you for for sharing that and i I just want to say this like this is you like you know what i mean like just going back to the living an autonomous life you know especially in your 20s like we don't have kids we're not married we're not tied to anything and it's like it's go experience all the things like right now is the best time to do that you're in your prime health you know what i mean like we're making money just do it all and i think that and if you fail like so what <laughs> like fuck it yeah like did you really fail because now you learn from it and now you're gonna make sure that you don't repeat the same action you know yeah so let's go yeah i received that i received that what part works? Dang. It's so interesting because I think this process of like being autonomous, like you're saying, and just self-aware, it, it, I carry me in every space I go into. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm in the process of becoming more aware of myself, more aware of my needs, more aware of my flaws, more aware of everything. So... I go into these spaces and I feel like I'm still not living at um, at my like ultimate prime health mm-hmm. internally. So it's going to be reflected in all the spaces that I'm in. And I think there's a level of insecurity in those spaces sometimes because I know that um, I'm not there yet, you know, and I'm okay with that. But I still feel that mind or that voice in my head of like where I, where I, where I fall short. Um, but I think if I had to think about what I feel like works more or less, I would just say, um, professionally, just kind of learning to navigate and be strategic about the moves I make, um, just working in education and, you know, being empathetic and aware of the importance of students and their stories and where they come from and looking at them to recognize that it's most important for them to feel, well-informed about the decisions they make because I know what it feels like to not have that information from based based on where I was when I was in their position, right? I remember feeling like I was just being told to go here, go there, but not really given access to the information to be confident in the decisions I was making. So my role as an educator is to encourage students to discover who they are, what they want, what are their strengths, have full context so they can make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all work for a community college, but my, my thing isn't, oh, you have to go to college. It's like, hey, if you choose college, this is what you're getting into, and here are some opportunities. Mm-hmm. But those same opportunities can be found here. You have to make a decision based off of your variables of which opportunity is going to make the most sense for you as an individual and what you're going to have a piece about. And I think that that's the point, that, that part of my life that works because I'm operating from a place of recognizing where I was deficient and feeling like, okay, this is the information I have to gather so I can give back to students. So I feel like I'm the most present, most alive when I'm working in those spaces um, because 
I was, I'm, I'm doing my best to become the person that I needed when I was growing up. Ooh. Yeah. That last part. I can relate to that. Yeah. It's dope because like you're well informed on both sides. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like you know what you didn't have and then you also know what you've gained. Yeah. You know, but you're relatable in a position where you can like really impart that from a, a place you don't look that much older than you're not that much older than them. Um, so I don't know, I think this is a good space to be in. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, well, I, I guess I'll go next, right? Or I would say for me, like, what part works would be, like, professionally, you know, or just any, any kind of art, you know, podcast stuff works. Um, I'm an actor, um, so <laughs> that stuff works um, as far as, you know, the play I'm doing now or, you know, the shows and stuff I've done in the past, all of that stuff is like, that stuff clicks. That stuff's fine. Um, challenging, but it's it's okay. You know, and I feel good in those spaces. I'm finding now what part doesn't work or what part hurts is, um, as it relates to like my mental health right now, um, really dark go two years ago. Um, but it seems like this past winter, it's kind of like some of the same stuff has resurfaced. You know, so now it's like I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to approach it um, as far as better understanding my mind and, and, and how, um, what I need or how it works or, or what I'm missing or, or what the disconnect is sometimes mm-hmm. so that I can be effective in my relationships and my personal and just even just be happy and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, today I feel fine, but it's... Um, it's interesting because this feels like, you know, sometimes I feel like it's like, you know, like a sh- my shadow is still around, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I've got to figure out the best way to navigate it. Um, and it shows up the most, I think, in my relationship. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're honest. <laughs> um, I guess my turn. What works? What works? Um... I would say my like, yeah, I think professionally as well. Um, I've definitely blossomed in 2019 with my business, um, Shop Latinx. And I think just, you know, mostly it works because, you know, I have this like newfound confidence and integrity that I didn't have before. And because I'm so confident now, you know, it really just shows with my character and I think that's a, something about myself that people really gravitate to and they want to just help and be a part of whatever I'm doing yeah. in any capacity just because like I'm the person that's leading it. So I think, yeah, just being like a woman of integrity has worked for me. Mm. What hurts is probably um, lack of vulnerability with with people that I would with 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 potential people that like I'd want to date I feel like there there's a lack of vulnerability there um and I'm just so guarded you know but I think that just that's just what happens when you've been hurt a lot so 2020 is definitely a goal for me to like let my guard down just a little (laughs) just just a little (laughs) just a little bit Do you think the image you have of yourself matches uh, the image people see? 
I say no for myself. I think people see me, and I've heard this a lot, especially last year of just people feel like I have it all together in some capacity. Um, just the things that you see on the outside, you know, got a podcast or, you know, you're in grad school, you um, you seem to have an idea of what you want to do and, you know, you are committed to giving back and helping others and it's all these other elements that I think um, we've been conditioned to define success by and even though those things are things people want, it, it doesn't bring fulfillment just because they're present, you know? Um, I think that, well, in therapy, I learned that this voice that I have in my head that's super critical to tell me that I'm not good enough or that's not good enough um, comes from my strained relationship with my father, you know, of how hyper critical he is of everything you know i reach one accomplishment <clears throat> there's something else that i should have done differently or something else i need to be focused on don't worry about that you know and i think it lacks the celebration along the way of the small achievements and because that was something that i was not given access to to do i feel like even in the things I've, i have done i don't find myself taking ownership of or appreciating and valuing about myself I always feel like, well, I should have been did this or I mean, I'm supposed to do this, you know, so what what great is it? And I think that I would value myself differently, <clears throat> excuse me, if I allowed myself to hold on to the positive things as much as I hold on to the negative things. Um, I think when negative things happen, I own it. Yeah. See, this is exactly why. You know what I mean? I own it and I just say, yeah, this is me. But when it's something successful, I don't hold on to it and say, yeah, this is me, you know, so it's just a very twisted space. I'm kind of forgetting the question. Um, but like that, that is the, uh, that's the reality of it. You know what I mean? It's, I, I hear that voice, my dad's voice in my head that I'm not good enough. And then everyone on the outside is telling me how great I am, you know? So it's this, this is interesting battle. And I never want to get to a point where I'm taking it what everybody says because, once again, they don't know the nuances of my life. But I at least want to learn to better appreciate um, who I am and where I am. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you you articulated, I think, like my inter internal struggle in a way that, like, I couldn't have. So thank you. Because I feel the same way. I feel like. For me, there's a sense of imposter syndrome, right? But I also think it has to do with you can ignite real world change on the internet from in your home while you're in your robe. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like even for me when I launched shop Latinx on November 20th and I did this campaign with um, Red Bull and like Julian Castro reposted it and like it was just huge, you know, and like I got media to publish it and, you know, I I got sales and it was just crazy. Like I feel like we shut down like Latino Internet for the day, you know what I mean, <laughs> with this news and I did it from 
my bed. Like, that's how I see it. Like, I see it about, like, I guess, like, I see this accomplishment and I know where I was. Like, I was literally here. I couldn't leave my apartment because I had, like, no money. So I was, like, eating hash browns and just, like, pacing back and forth, like, on the phone. You know what I mean? All wow. week. So when people are like, Brittany, like, you know, I get DMs every day from young folks that like look up to me and I guess I, I, I'm so stuck on like where I am in that moment that I'm reading it and like I'm on the toilet or like in, I don't know what, like, you know what I mean? Walking my dog down the street or like at the Northgate supermarket buying bananas. So, and then when I see that, I'm like, y'all like I'm literally like you know what I mean I'm like I guess it's like would they think I'm cool like would they think I'm cool when they see that I'm doing like real like normal shit yeah. <laughs> you know I think that kind of like kind of it kind of just fucks with me sometimes um and and again like you like I'm so quick to own up where I went wrong but then when someone's proud of me I tend to minimize that accomplishment just because I'm like, it's no big deal. But when I fuck up, like I will tell everyone I fucked up, I'll make jokes about it. Like, you know what I mean? I'll hold on to it. But when you tell me like, you're like, oh my God, like yesterday I went to an event and like so many women came up to me and telling me how proud they are of me. And I'm like, yeah, it's nothing. But I'm like, no, I put like fucking three years into this moment, you know, like, when when people compliment me like i need to think about like all the times i've literally grinded out to get to this point that i'm at right now and i i, I don't give myself the grace hmm. it's wild because it just kind of like illuminates the idea that we may be more comfortable with um being wrong than than being right or doing right you know i think oh. about the way we grow up you know the most attention you know most black and brown kids get is when they fucking up, you know? Yo, yes. Wow. Oof. The most attention we get is when we're fucking yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, ah. like, bro, it's like, hey, stop. See, you always messed up at school. See, that's why I always, I always got to say something to you. You messed up at school. Like, you know, they're not going to say nothing when you're doing the right thing, but when you're doing the wrong thing, we're right. constantly being berated and constantly being attacked for the stuff that we're doing wrong, and then we reach our adulthood. And we're still being told that we're not doing stuff right or the way that we think or the way that we walk or talk or the, the lack of attention we give or whatever the case is, things I'm dealing with, you know, presently, you know, it still isn't enough for the people that raised us and brought us here, you know? Oof. And then, like you said, you go into these worlds and you hit these rooms where people love you. And they're like, yo, I'm so proud of you. You know, you, man, I've been watching yo, I've been seeing what you've been doing. You're the shop Latinx or I saw you on this or that. Like, I'm so, man, when I saw you in Harriet, boy, I was so... And you can't even receive it because you're so used to like not being loved. You're so used to being judged or, or criticized for not being yeah. enough. You know what I mean? Oh that you can't gosh. just say thank you. Instead, you say, oh, it's, it's, it's nothing. You know, I, mm. it's, <laughs> thanks, you know. But you can't really appreciate the love that you get because you're not used to it. It's unfamiliar to you. You don't know how to receive it. Yeah. 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 That's what's so crazy. Yeah how like a lot of us aren't conditioned to receive like a healthy love, like the love that we deserve Man. because of this type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the, it's up to us to, like you say, do the work, you know, and create spaces to where the next generation after us, you know, and the people that we do have influence over understand that, you know, that they can, or they all worthy of love even, 
you know, and understand what love is, you know, like you like we talk about toxicity within relationships, whether it be boyfriends, girlfriends, partners, parents, whatever. It's like one of the hardest lessons for me to learn is that some of what my parents or people around me have called love isn't love. You know, people I love and trust, but what they've titled it isn't love. Codependency. Yeah. Survival. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think we get those definitions conflated, but I, I feel like we're all in the space of self-awareness where we can really now understand, like, this isn't love. You guys are just putting up with one another. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah. Or they're just hurt and they don't know it either, you know? And this is all they know how to express or articulate. Um, Tarek told me something dope the other day about, like, um, he was talking about his dad. And he was saying, um, and step in at any point, bro. Uh, <laughs> but he was talking about how, like, you know, he knows that his dad, you know, doesn't, like, there's no love there, right? So he's giving me all he knows how to give. Like, you know, there's nothing more there. And then I was reading a book the other day, yesterday, actually, that kind of went on the same point of just, like, you can't give what you don't have, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah, and that's just, and, and you can expect things from people who literally, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. In a way, it's like almost, it's like you expect things from people that literally do not, are, are incapable of giving it to you. So you only hurt yourself in the long run. Yeah, for you know? sure. For sure. Yeah, when it comes to parents, I, I, I watched the Red Table Talk with Jada mm. when she talked about her dad. Yeah. Did you, did you watch that one? And her uh, dad was a was drug addict. It was like her, it was like the fam. Just the family? I've probably seen it then. And I think with um, August Alsina, too. Yes, I've definitely seen that episode. So, yeah, when I think, was it that one anyway? So, she was talking about, like, her dad. And, like, her dad wasn't born to be a dad. Mm -hmm. He just lived his life and happened to have me, is what she said. And he tried what he could, but his life got fucked up. And he continued on with his journey and like, I have to let it go. You know, and, and I guess he ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. And like, that was just, but listening to that really changed my relation or just the way that I thought about my dad. Cause I don't have a relationship with him either. He, mm. um, he, he went on meth and like, I haven't talked to him, but yeah, just like my dad wasn't born to be Brittany Chavez's father. He was born to be Javier Chavez and along his journey he had me did the best he could and he went about his life and he fucked it up and now he's living you know we we split paths um and yeah like it wasn't fair for me to have these high expectations for him because like he was born into like an unloving household so like how could he even be a a, a great dad if he's if he was never given the tools yeah. or he didn't have the emotional capacity to even think about trying to attain those tools you know yeah so i feel you when it comes to your relationship with your dad it's it's very much different but i think the pain is pain is pain pain is pain for yeah sure. yeah yeah Okay. It's insane. I mean, I, I think about like, I love um, one of my favorite quotes of this year is the um, 
the idea of the friends or the family you choose. You know? And I don't know, these conversations that we've been having over the past week or so have um have been amazing in, in, in the way of like I feel like knowing that you're not alone in the stuff that you feel is such a beautiful thing, you know, and yeah. being able to talk about it and express it and be vulnerable, you know, as you are being, you know, and throughout this entire conversation. And I just think that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I think, I think it's great to always remember that, you know, we have our chosen family, you know, all the time. Um, but it's also important to remember, like you said, pain is pain. Yeah. It's deep, bro. This is real deep, right? <laughs> so my um, level two connection question <laughs> is, what's been your happiest moment this past year? So 2019, what was your happiest moment? I had so many happy moments in 2019. Like so many. Ugh. Um, I would say a huge highlight was, okay, there's three I can think of, but one would just be getting this apartment. So mm. in November of last year, I moved out of my apartment that I was sharing with the ex mm. and I moved back home to Pomona and my, it's a small house of and it's a three bedroom house with my mom, my stepdad, my two little brothers, a dog. And the third room was like the playroom. Mm -hmm. And I was there sleeping on a mattress on the floor for six months. Mm -hmm. And like, it was so depressing. Like I love my mom, I love my family, but um, it was just really depressing to go from like having this own space to feel like feeling like I failed. You know, and what's really crazy about this apartment is that it was vacant from last October to when I applied for it. Mm. Like in this apartment's very inexpensive. It's very cute in a, in a nice neighborhood, but it was vacant for six months mm. or and it in my one of my closest friends lives right across the hall. Mm. And I just feel like it was like meant for me. Yeah. You know, like I manifested this space and I just a memory I can think of was taking the train from Pomona to Union Station and then taking an Uber pool. And I was supposed to meet with the landlord an hour later. And I was just like walking around the neighborhood with like my little backpack and just like crying because I was just so grateful, mm, you know, wow. just to like have this space to myself and just have peace again. You know, and just yeah. rebuild and like be able to like add plants to my apartment and to furnish it the way like I want to wake up whenever the fuck I want to and mm -hmm. like walk around the house naked if I wanted to make food for myself and myself only. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Just like it, I <laughs> think freedom. that was my biggest highlight of 2019 was that. That's beautiful, That's beautiful yeah. man. <laughs> I love that. Ah. Uh, mine would have to be, uh, so I, um, I was in a situationship uh, last year, um, and it went on for about four months or so, um, but it was dope because it was the first time since, um, so I was married for a second to my daughter's mom. Oh, we got awesome. married at 23, 
and uh, we split at like 24 or something. Um, and since then, I hadn't been vulnerable really in any relationship. Like it was been very like conditional or um, superficial every single uh, situation I've had after that. So this past year was the first time where I felt like I got like I let my guard down and engaged in a situation and got to know someone and kind of like allow myself to be, you know, myself, you know, and uh -huh. <laughs> allow myself to be myself and just like, you know, whatever I wanted to be in that relationship with that person. So for me, it was just great to explore that I had that depth, you know, and, you know, kind of get that hope back that like, you know, there are situations of people that, you know, things can work out with and you can, um, you can relate and communicate with people uh, in a way that has been unfamiliar to you, or whatever. Like there's, like there's, there's, there's more hope out there in people than you know you may have seen, kind of thing. You know, um, so yeah, that would probably be it for me. Optimism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, what's on you? What? Your question. Your, your last card. Oh, this is. Oh, it's my turn mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Level three. Oh. Do you believe everyone has a calling? If so, oh, wow. do you think I've found mine? Hmm. At this point, I wish we talked about your other stuff first. Um, but I would say, yeah, you know, I just feel like I don't, I f it feels superficial because I don't have all that information I want. You know what I mean? Um, but no, I would say, yeah, because I think from what I understand is, you know, you've created something that fills a void that hasn't been filled before, you know, and you're creating a community and a place for people that look like you, you know, and I don't think that things like that happen by happenstance, you know, mm -hmm. that's like, no, nobody falls into that. You may like create a business that's like, you know, a food truck or McDonald's or something like that, you know, you can, I feel like selfish pursuits in that way that are just about you can happen by happenstance, but things that involve a community and a larger group of people that, you know, extend far beyond yourself and has extor historical significance and impact and can create legacies and all these other things. Like, I feel like those things are very much ordained and like supposed to happen. Like, so yeah, I, w I would definitely say so. Thank you. I would <laughs> agree. I definitely would agree. I think. Um, you definitely have found your calling, Beach Um <laughs> I think that in life, I think our lives are about relationships. And um, it's kind of like what Tony said, you can kind of find yourself doing franchise work, and that's cool. And while you're still connecting with people, you found something organic, something that was um, missing from the community. You know, um, you, brought, you brought people you and your team created a community for people. And I think those are our biggest, in life, those are some of the biggest things we, we search for is a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking for a place yeah. to connect, to grow, to support, um, a place that just fosters community and relationship. And just from what I've seen, the support, the comments, the retweets, the success, the partnerships, the collaborations, there's just nothing but community. You know, and, and, and people who aren't directly affiliated with the creation of Shop Latinx are owning it as if they are. 
you've gave people something to believe in, something to support, something to push forward and say that they're a part of. And that's beautiful, you know, and I think that's one of the greatest things we can do in life. You know what I mean? I don't think, I think you're going to do more, many more things, you know, but um, as far as calling, I think it's just that moment of recognizing you have something that not only fulfills you, but also fulfills other people. So, yes. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I really wanted to be like, it's nothing. (laughs) 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 But uh, after this conversation, uh, thank you. Thank you is appropriate. (laughs) It's nothing. Don't say that. You know what's funny? Um, My friends always like tease me. Um, And even at work, they tease me. They always say, oh, I received that. I received, because I say that because I realized I used to always reject compliments. Mm So to stop myself from rejecting it when I feel uncomfortable, I say I receive that. Ooh. You know what I mean? So I'm going to use that. It's like, okay, like I receive that. <laughs> I receive it. I receive that. Okay. Okay. I receive it. Yeah. Uh, based on what you learned about me, what would be a book you would recommend I read? I don't really read books. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday i was at the grill with my homeboy we walked back we walked past the barnes and noble and i was like oh damn people still be like reading books i'm just kidding <laughs> but <laughs> well do a, um recommend recommend the show then um i don't watch tv you don't watch tv but you know what i so there's I there's today. a book huh. that was extremely transformative for me and it's called the war of art so not the art of war yeah the War of Art. Exactly you read what it? Talking about. Yeah, I haven't read it. I've read some of it, but it's on Yo, my time. I think that was. List. I read that in 2016, and it okay. really changed, like shaped the trajectory of like the the, yeah. the dream life I wanted. And I remember I read that, and I quit my job. I was working at mm. Interscope at the time. And anyway, long story short, you know that that book was really what catapulted yeah. me thinking outwardly. You know. Yeah. Um. I also would recommend. There's an interview that I've like been watching nonstop, hmm. and it's with um, Anderson Cooper. Inter- you know that fool? Yeah. Anderson Cooper interviewed Steve Colbert. Steve Colbert, okay. And it's about death. It's it's about. Um, I wonder. He said like, there's there was a quote that was really profound. It was like, what, kind of like what what burdens of God are not gifts or something like what something of God is are not gifts. And basically Mm. like living on this planet isn't about being as happy as possible as it's, it's about being as human as possible. So what comes with that is just allowing yourself to experience all the things. And in times of tragedy, you know what I mean? Changing your perception of it. And like, and being like, you know, this is like, you know, death, for example, if you lose, lose a loved one, well, now you're able to empathize with other people that have lost loved ones. And mm-hmm. thus that makes you more human, mm-hmm. right? Because you're experiencing emotions. Mm-hmm. So that interview just really changed me. And that mm-hmm. would be something I'd recommend for you. I'm gonna check that out for sure. Yeah, I like that. I like beautiful. the sound of that. It's beautiful. Hmm. That's a tough one. So a book. Um, what came to my mind a few times as you were speaking, I think about the book, The Shack, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the Shackle was recently turned into a movie. I would recommend reading the book before if you watch the movie. Yeah. Um, it's like by William. Oh, it's W.M. Young. And the book, for me, like my faith is like a big part of my life. And one of the biggest things I feel like I've struggled with is the church, Hmm. you know, because there's been a big part of my life because of my upbringing. But even as I've developed and have grown and have been more um, like an advocate for independent thought, um, it challenges almost everything that I feel like the church has conditioned me to believe. So my adulthood now is about unlearning everything that the church has taught. Um, so I think that's, that sometimes comes off very contradictory. Um, and I'm okay with that because I'm in a position of figuring out what I believe and why Mm. not just accepting it because someone who we identify quote unquote as a leader, um, has said something that to me doesn't, doesn't mean truth. That doesn't mean that that's what it needs to be for me. So, um, I think the book, the shack was the first book that I read that I think, supported my idea of that and I was comfortable about my process Mm. I no longer felt ashamed or um no longer felt very like skeptical and sharing where I was if I came across quote-unquote church folk Mm. um you know so that book isn't a faith book it's a book about tragedy it's a book about how do you deal with that and develop that and that process was about introducing us to faith in a way, not faith, but introducing us to our ideologies in a way that I think make it applicable. You know, it's not just this blind understanding. You know what I mean? This, I'm just going to, not, not blind understanding, but just this um, submissive acceptance Ooh. of someone else's truth. You know what I mean? Um, it was very active, very involved, very, okay, I have to sit with that and think about that and develop it on my own, you know? Mm. So extremely transformative. And I actually think I'm going to revisit it because I feel like it's one of those things that helps put things into perspective. And I don't get a lot of um, input in that way. I feel like everything else has been very conditioned. So going back to my normal environments, I can feel the residue of old ideas Mm. around me. So I kind of want to make sure I'm not um, subconsciously accepting those and receiving that. So that's actually something I'm probably going to revisit just because I'm explaining it to you. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> no, yeah, I like the way, the I like the way you pitched that book. So I'm, all, I'm apprehensive because, um, like I'm, I, I want to go away from everything that, that is, you know, even close to being, you know, related to the church right now, mm-hmm. because I'm just so like off of those, those ideas, right? you know, and listening to you speak is interesting to, you know, it does sound contradictory when you say, um, my faith is very important to me, but, you know, cause I think oftentimes people, you know, expect that your faith be in the church, you know, but even before God sometimes, and that's horrible, you know, which is interesting to me, even, you know, that's my, that's my thought, me thinking that, you know, revealed that, oh, that's a, I'm tripping because you can have <laughs> faith without necessarily, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like your faith is, is, is much bigger than that, you know? So I don't know. I found that, found that to be a uh, profound as my word of the day, you know, shout out to B Chavez. <laughs> Um, oh, it's me. Okay, you two. Level three, reflection. What about me surprised you? I'm sorry, what about me most surprised you? Hmm. Uh, your vulnerability. I don't think I've ever talked to you like this. 
And I think how um, self-aware you are. And like, probably the most, the most surprising thing you said today was that you were in therapy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a lot of men out there who go to therapy. And so that was something where I was like internally stunned a little like, wow, he goes to therapy. Like, that's really cool. Like, I wish more men did. Um, Yeah, that's what surprised me. It's dope. Thank you. This is going to be a selfish answer, but it's cool. Um, I'm finding how much I take you for granted. Right. Because we talk so much that it's just the norm you know, your perspective or vulnerability or the fact that you may be in therapy or whatever the case is. Um, so it surprised me in this moment to think about like, you know, the idea that I've, like, I've gotten used to, and I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing, but I've gotten used to the vulnerability, you know, within our friendship, you know? Um, but I don't know, that surprised me. It's a little abstract answer, but whatever. I like that, I like that answer. <laughs> I, like that. I like that, bro. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, oh, is that that's it for that? That's that it. was a fun game. Thank yeah. you. Shout out to this. We're not really strangers. Yeah, it's, hard. It's, a, it's a beautiful game. It's did you invite B. Travis to our event? I don't think I did. Unfortunately. You're trash, wow. You're trash. When's the event? Uh huh. Said so when's the event? Oh, it hasn't happened yet. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> no, oh, we we have doing it in May. Is that the one you said May? Oh, I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast. You're tripping, B. Travis. <laughs> so I got some questions for you though. Okay. I want to know. I want to know about the journey. Um, into shop latinx like can you take me back to like you were working at interscope you went to college like what yeah i I think it you know we were talking about community and how people want to have a sense of belonging yeah right and i think that's i built shop latinx both to build community but Mm. also it came from a selfish place like i wanted Mm. to be a part of this like i wanted to and i'm very much like that like fuck it i'm gonna just do it like i've always been like that you know yeah um but i've always enjoyed like human connection yeah i've said this in some interviews is like you know i grew up in the performing arts i grew up in acting Mm. so like you know how it is then it's like just that human interaction, that one-on-one, I've always been that. I've always been kind of like a champion for the underdog. You know what I mean? Like I've made friends in so many different groups, you know, like I was friends with the emo kids, the, you know what I mean? I was, I was always just like that. I always did my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I've always done a lot of things and those, none of those things really sticked to me in a way that building shop Latinx did. Um, So, you know, with that being said, you know, even a few years ago, I did a lot of traveling and I got really into photography. And again, Mm. it was just like that human connection, right? Just like leveraging these little, these mediums of connection (laughs) so that I can just meet people and get to know them. Um, So, yeah, it was 2016. It was during the height of the presidential election is when um, the idea for Shop Latinx first came to me. I was on Facebook a lot and what I noticed on Facebook was like these amazing articles that were written by like Blavity and like St. Heron and all these dope sites. 
And I came across, you know, like that's when I started discovering stores in, you know, LA, Lamar Park, you know, and, but one day I was on my computer and I was like, let me type in like Latino businesses to support too. Mm. I found absolutely nothing. I, I didn't find an article. I didn't find a directory, you know, nothing. Um, but what I did come across was like Forbes articles that were written by white people about like how we have this $1.7 trillion in buying power, blah, blah, blah. And like, here's how you tap into the Hispanic market or whatever. But for me, I guess it was like, all right, $1.7 trillion. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But if it's not going back in the community, then like, why the, like, what is the point? You know what I mean? Like we can have all the spending power, but if it's not helping us, like why, why is this a number to be celebrating? Yeah. Um, during that time too, I was a part of a Facebook group of like really dope creatives, women, women of color. And I had this idea and I remember I was too, when I first typed in Latino, but I was in my room, I was renting a room in Burbank and I just got back from like Ubering. I was an Uber driver. And, um, yeah, I go into this Facebook group and I was like, Hey guys, I had an idea, um, for shop Latinx. If any of y'all like identify as Latina, like shoot over your Instagram handles and I'll post it. And that's Mm. really just how it started. Mm. Um, but what's really cool is like, you know, post creating shop Latinx, I had come across some amazing Nielsen articles that really broke down the statistics and the data of like this emerging Latina market this growing uh, Latina market and like how Latinas are the community builders on Instagram. They are like micro influencers, Mm -hmm. you know? So I created the shop Latinx Instagram. And with that, I discovered so many niche online communities that were Mm -hmm. ran by Latinas, everything from like Latina, Latina vegans, activists, Mm -hmm. you know, Afro Latinas, Latina illustrators, you know what I mean? And, just reaching out to all these little Instagram accounts and befriending them and supporting them. And, you know, slowly it started becoming reciprocated to the point where like larger outlets were picking up on it and like reposting us. And then I started just leveraging this network and relationship building with everyone. And that's how Shop Latinx just really started to blossom too. Mm-hmm. You know, we really honed in on this market that wasn't being served correctly, right? And that just goes to show that like the first thing we did was create the Shop Latinx Instagram and then the Shop Latinx hashtag, which within three years has been used over 57,000 times, Mm -hmm. you know? So they were using that hashtag as a way for their businesses to be discovered and for customers to discover products that they love. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's that need there. So how do we grow this in a way where we all eat, you know? So I went from having this Instagram account to then creating the first directory of these businesses. But what I've noticed or what's facts is like directories are obsolete. Mm. No one uses a directory. They do what's convenient, you know? Um, And I was actually talking about this to an investor the other day when it comes to a lot of these, um, these very niche or like racially focused directories and marketplaces is that I think sometimes we think, and this is what I was also told by in my accelerator program is like, 
we, you know, with Shop Latinx, I was really betting on people purchasing from us to support Latinos. You know what I mean? But mm. in reality, people want convenience and quality. So that's, you know, over time, that's that's what our mission has evolved to is like we're, we're focused on this market. But at the same time, we want to bring them convenience and quality like a Target would mm. or like an Urban Outfitters would because we deserve that. We deserve to have elevated shit and that's where we come in mm -hmm. and like what kind of stuff would you find so right now we have about 94 products mm -hmm. um and they range from beauty apparel accessories and home and decor mm -hmm. um so we have have you heard of house of intuition no mm -mm. okay so they're amazing they're a, a queer latina owned um holistic like metaphysical shop and they sell like really dope candles um, we have just like beautiful jewelry and some of them are very like they they have like cultural relevance, but mm -hmm. most of them are just like, you know, really beautiful packaging, sustainable. Um, it's a very high, highly curated marketplace of mm -hmm. just really beautiful products for, you know, that are that are lifestyle related. That's mm -hmm. sick. When um, you, you mentioned this earlier, just as far as people coming alongside and kind of pushing the vision together and having something for people to support. I know mm -hmm. like your team is really important to you and how you all have kind of pushed. Um, you talked about being a woman of integrity and you literally saying, hey, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm looking to do. Can you speak more about that? That, I guess, journey or process to where you are? Um, yeah. Yeah, I honestly, with Shop Latin Next, I feel like, I just feel like it's not just me, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like this was destined, and I'm just, like, steering the ship, and, like, something comes within me that just dictates all the right moves. Like, I, I, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. like... I look back and I'm like, yeah, why didn't I get a job after two years? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of just running something that I wasn't even making money off of. Like, mm -hmm. why, like, why didn't I stop? You know? And I think that I was just, this was just supposed to happen. <laughs> it, I That's just, I, I can't, I can't explain it any other way. Like this was supposed to happen and I'm also just very, I do my research too, you know, like I also don't like my time wasted. So like, I'm not going to devote time to something that won't work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's gotten me to the, to where I am right now is like one, I think when you own a business, you have to be, um, very self-aware and know what you, what, what your strengths and weaknesses are, you know, or your improvements are. And you have to surround yourself with people that can help you fill those gaps mm. so that you can continue focusing on what's what your strengths are, you know? And I think just using that and, and just surrounding myself with some of the smartest people with like like minded entrepreneurs to mentors to financial advisors, you know, I think that's what's really helped me in my vision and helped me really refine it. Um, and I really don't know, bro, like the decisions that I make, I think just come from 
being fortunate to be a part of the demographic that I serve. You know, yeah. it's like when you have that cultural IQ, it's like when someone asks you, like, how do you know they'll like it? It's like, like, you can't put it into words. You just know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes it's frustrating when I get asked that question because I'm like, I just know, like, you know, and like, yeah, the data proof in the data proves it. So I think people want to work with me because of just how honest I am. And they see that integrity, so they just want to. They just want to say that they contributed in any way that they could, and that's that's why Shop Latinx is successful, you know. That's so that's 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 amazing. Um, when I look at just from afar, the growth over time. Because I remember when you launched it, following it, and I just love the idea. Um, Cause you all were like shop, Latin big biz. It was like shop Latinx biz. Biz, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so just that whole journey, right? And I think about just looking out at the community and you know efforts and initiatives that people have, and even in my own experiences, things I was doing while in college, I just felt like don't really go beyond just the immediate community that we're, that I'm serving, you know, or that we're serving in whatever capacity. What was that transition from okay this is something we really support and love and we have our supporters to then get in front of other people who may have had access to bigger networks who may have had um maybe a a broader business acumen um more like capital like what was that process and how did you um i guess maintain who you were in that process Mm. this is a deep question um, I think one word of one word of advice would be get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. There's no way that you could grow as a human if you're in the same position, right? And there was a point in time where like Shopbot and X was extremely stagnant and I was a nanny and I was an Uber driver and I didn't know what I was going to do with this. And it got to a point where like I almost resented what I had built because I'm mm. like, you know, what's crazy about Shopbot and X, I feel like people look on the Instagram page or the website and they think that it's a huge team behind it when in reality it's me. And then I have Brianna who makes all the graphic designs, you know, Mm. but for me, I'm the customer service. I'm the marketing. I'm the social media manager. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I dictate the vision in the future of Shopbot and X and Two years ago, I was not like this. (laughs) Like, I'm not the woman that I was two years ago. And then I remember, you know, I was in this relationship. I was extremely depressed. And I was going to shut down ShopLatinX. And I had two options. It was I either delete this shit and get a job or I figure this out. And I would I would rather fail and figure it out than be complacent and get a job and then look back when I'm 40 and be like, damn, I wonder what would have happened had I just continued. Yeah. So I continued and I was like, I need to figure this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> ASAP. Um I had a friend, her name's Joy, who works in tech. She's Latina. 
and she invited me to this conference and it was called Latinx in Tech. And it was in Silicon Valley, November 2018. And I went and I just saw people on stage that looked like me that worked any at Zoom, at Slack, at Airbnb. You know, like I was immersed into this new world. You know, I got out of my LA Latina comfort zone and went into Silicon Valley world. And I remember that there were several people who were on stage who came off because I was wearing a Shop Latinx t-shirt and they were like, you run Shop Latinx? Like, I follow you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah. And it's people that worked at these dope startups, you know? And I'm like, I should be speaking here. And it's little things like that where it's like, again, that goes back to like, if they won't do it, I will kind of thing. Like, or like when I see something, like I just go after it. So when I was there, I just envisioned like Shopify and Nix is going to be one of these businesses. And I don't know what the model is yet, but I know that we're, it's going to be successful because like I'm envisioning it and I'm going to be speaking here soon and I'm going to start speaking on panels. All 2019, that's what I did, <laughs> speak on panels, um, which is great. Like God really listens and answers. And also, too, I will say that, like, when you speak things into existence, like, you really need to prepare to... Oh, my goodness. It's so true. Like, you can't just be saying shit and then God's like, okay, here, and then you don't... And then you miss catching the ball. Because, like, what are the odds that, like, you think God's just going to keep tossing you shit when the odds are you're you're probably not going to accept it? Mm. You know? So I think just putting myself, you know, manifesting, but then also putting myself in, in the in the positions to accept and to learn and to like work for the things that I want has gotten me to where I am now. And, you know, that emotional intelligence is so key too, right? Because I definitely met a couple of people over time on this journey that didn't have my best interests at heart. So knowing when to let that go and to guard yourself is really important. Um, but yeah, like I hadn't, I wouldn't have made it this far, especially given that like, I don't have the resources for capital. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I'm now raising money. I'm in a pre-seed funding round, but I haven't gotten any money yet, you know? And so when you don't come from, a position of just attaining capital whenever like I I do recognize that I have a privilege when it comes to the way that I um, that I express myself or the way that I can you know access these rooms you know and, and speak to people of importance and just leveraging that and knowing what what my like what I'm good at has really gotten me here. Mm-hmm. Like I ask a thousand questions a day. You know what I mean? Like I'm constantly researching. Like right. right now I have to work on email marketing. And so like I will watch YouTube videos. You know what I mean? Like right. I will finesse getting anything free. And like that's that's what's gotten me here. It's just relationships integrity and then finessing the fuck out of everything 
finagling it. You gotta have finesse. Faking it till you make it type of shit. So can you speak to preparation? Um, I think that that's something for me that I'm looking to become better at because I feel like that's the the missing piece for me is not preparing. And I remember um, Nick Cannon had talked about when he was in San Diego, Will Smith was around um, and he talked about, he told Will that he was a writer or he had scripts and Will was like, well, let me see. And he pulled out the scripts and they had, Will put money behind filming and doing that pilot. It didn't go anywhere, but if Nick Cannon had not prepared and had that script ready, Will would have been like, okay, well, send me something. He'd be like, oh, well, I don't, I don't have it right now. Uh, get back to me. And nothing would have happened from that moment. But because he took the time to prepare, they were able to put him in new positions, to have access, to have the experience, to build a pilot, which led him to so many other things, all that and the whole nine. So speak to what preparation looked like specifically for you in being in these rooms, being on panels, just everything that you've accomplished thus far. Yeah, I mean, the great Nip said it, right? Success is where preparation meets opportunity. And yeah, there have been so many times where I think for me, I don't like looking dumb. (laughs) So if I can avoid that, I will avoid that. Um, You know, like talking to an investor, like, yeah shoot over your deck like oh i don't have one you know what i mean so like or even understanding like for me i think recognizing that i'm just not like a little instagram account owner anymore like i am a full-fledged founder of a company of a startup that i'm looking to get funded right so it's like what does this startup and and before i used to be so like cutesy wootsy about it like oh I don't know how I got here. Like, I'm just, I just started as an Instagram account and I just started it and I was just a little driver. Like, no, I need to be on my shit now, Mm. you know? Um, And I think also I'm a represent, you know, unfortunately, especially in these spaces, like I am a representation of my community. And I think that's something that a lot of us black and brown folks have to just accept (laughs) you know so if I not only would I make myself look bad if I didn't have my shit together but I would make all brown founders look bad if I didn't have my shit together that's kind of how I see it is like there is a responsibility that comes with being in this position and I don't take that lightly so what preparation looks like to me is like again reading those Nielsen reports, right? So if someone asks me, like, why is your target market so important? Well, you know, like 50, you know, like 40% of the US is going to be Latino by 2060. You know, like Latinas are like, I could break it down for you, Mm. you know? And it just comes with a lot of research and like strategy. Um, Damn, I forgot what else I was going to say, but yeah and also to mental health like no investor wants to back a founder who's not mentally aligned you know or not putting their health first so man i haven't drank but on new year's eve i did and i was hung over for a day and i was really hard on myself because i was like that's a day of just work wasted um and 
this isn't for play play anymore. It's not. That's big. Like I can't, I can't mess up because this is a community that I'm responsible for now. So I think just putting it that way is like, it just put things into full gear for me. It's like, I really need to learn and grow and do everything. And, you know, especially with this marketplace, like I'm like, I'm not going to build a marketplace without enrolling into an accelerator program, Mm -hmm. you know, where like I'm surrounded by experts, you know, um, and people like, I'm in, I'm in this position of influence where like, because I joined that, um, it's called grade 110, like grade 110 already has so many applicants from these small business owners that follow shop Latinx, you know what I mean? And it's like, I influence is crazy and I'm still getting used to it, but I know how how I, I I know now that people really watch and I'm not here to be like no role model or anything. And if I am to people, like I hope they also understand that I'm human. But I definitely want to set an example of how a business owner operates and how you can do it with, again, integrity. You said something a little bit ago that I think is just extremely encouraging. Um, and it's a while ago, but I love the idea of like, I'd rather either quit now and just shut all this down and just close my accounts, close the business, lock the doors and, and do something different. Or um, I figure this shit out, you know, and I feel like no matter what your pursuit, everybody hits that place, you know, of you know, what I love isn't working, you know, so maybe perhaps I should do something different. And I just think it's beautiful that you're able to keep going through that. And you are humble enough to change your circumstances to enable you to do so, right? Whether that be, you know, living in your little brother's playroom, you know, so you can have your business, you know, so you can continue to build, whether that's, you know, um, sacrificing drinking, you know, um, and or whatever the case is, I think it's just beautiful to that you seems like you've modeled your life after the things that you want, you know, and that's been something I, I've been like thinking about a lot lately is, you know, creating con- even conversations where, you know, black and brown people know that we can sacrifice in certain areas, you know, and completely go against the grain, but it can free us to do so many other things. I look at, mm-hmm. you know, the demographics of people who live in vans or RVs or whatever the case is and travel the world and do all these different things, you know, I feel like we're stigmatizing a way not to do white people shit, you know, where if we were to kind of just, you know, follow our own intuitions, we can structure our lives in such a way that can free us up from so much stress and so much heartache and be able to really grow and love and just do the stuff that we want to do. So anyway, um, one thing I wanted to say in the beginning, but I, I didn't, um, I'm so fucking proud of you, bro. Like, I don't know you, like, you know, we just met today, but I've been watching a lot of the stuff that Tarek's retweeted, even though I'm not on any of that stuff at the moment, <laughs> but I've seen a lot of the stuff that, that you're doing, the Nike campaigns, the, you know, just the fact, I mean, I hope I'm Puerto Rican somewhere. I don't know, but I've always, <laughs> I've always wanted to like, 
you know, I always felt close to the Latin community because I grew up, you know, I went to a predominantly Hispanic middle school and uh, elementary school too. I went to Lenox uh, Middle School and Moffat Elementary School, like right on the borderline of Lenox and, 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 and Inglewood, you know? And I played with brown kids before I played with any black kids my entire life. You know, I've always, always been around and had an affinity toward, you know, Latin culture, you know? So to be able to see you create and build something that, is so unique and fills a need for your community. That's like the, again, like Tarek said, that's like the highest like achievement, you know? Like you gave a space for people to look like you. Like a lot of people aren't able to do that. Like you, you've created places where your community is represented, you know? And that is something to be celebrated, you know? And you can be hard on yourself if you want for, you know, having a drink on New Year's. But, you know, the other 365 days, if it appears that you're doing a lot of work you know, both on your brand and yourself, you know, because you're still a human being while you're, you know, working on your brand. And although our businesses are very different, you know, I can relate to some of the pressures of the appearance of what you're doing and trying to meet the standard and all those other things. So anyway, I'm just like mad proud of you. And I just think that's so beautiful, y'all. I receive it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Seriously, that that means... That means the world to me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm just. I'm. I'm torn because I got hella questions, but it's you know. I don't know. Everybody That's got days way. too. <laughs> how are we on time? Huh? How How are we on time? I'm chilling. Chilling. Yeah, I, I don't even know what time it is. I gotta cut all this out so I ain't trimming up that. It's eleven. I'm solid, Joe. Um, um, I'm good. Um, I'm so, I read an article. You said that relationship building is an overlooked skill. Oh yeah. How do you? What, what, what do you mean by that? How do you go about that? What I, I feel like relationship building. It's like when you authentically show up for people. Yeah. You know, it's one, I mean, from a business perspective, like, it's like micro micro influencer marketing, right? But Mm. at the same time, it's like, you know, especially as people with limited resources, sometimes relationships are just all you have. And I've learned so much from talking to people and asking them questions about how they operate their businesses and Mm -hmm. you know even to like actual tangible like where did you get your startup lawyer at or like how did you you know who you know can you teach me how to do mailchimp (laughs) you know or Mm -hmm. like do you know any web devs that can you know fix this error on my homepage? just so many things it's like when you expand your network you know like that's what fraternities and sororities and all these people do and you know they graduate and they have this like network that they could tap into for the rest of their lives and it's like i didn't have that and my my family doesn't come from a business background Mm. so what you said is like i have to build my own fucking family you know and i'll tell you like when shop latinx hosts an event or when shop latinx announced the marketplace all those people that i've showed up for over the years whose 
poetry slams I've attended, mm. whose photo shoots that I've been a part of, whose podcasts that I've been on. You know what I mean? Yeah. They showed up for me. And mm. I just love being of service. Like, I, I'm so happy seeing other people happy. Yeah. And, you know, there's people that I've worked with that have given me my first interview that go on and become the editors at Refinery29 and, like, Teen Vogue, you know, that yeah. then are, like, let me interview you. And it just, when you're, of, when you're generally of, genuinely of service and you do things without asking for anything in return, like, the energy that you put out you're going to get it back tenfold. Like, mm. I believe in that. I believe in even relationship building with God. Like, I be, I'm so... It's funny because I'm not... I'm not, like, very spiritual, but I would be stupid to, to not think that, like, God didn't have my back or that I don't have literal spirit guides watching me. Mm. Like, I believe it. I feel it it's real yeah. and I acknowledge them too. And I think that the more I acknowledge them and the more that I speak on their behalf of like the wonders that they've done for me, the more blessings I receive, yeah. even with that Nike campaign. Right. I posted this on my Twitter that on December 5th, 2018, I tweeted literally manifesting a partnership with Nike yeah. February uh, December 5th 2019 a year later I shot yeah. that campaign for Nike yeah. what the fuck yeah. and I'm not supposed to think that that wasn't a manifestation yeah. created by the source yeah. you know that's that's a huge component of the relationship building that I'm talking about yeah. is just being a good human and just allowing the blessings to go back to you. But then again, being in a position where you're prepared to receive it as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, had I said, I'm, manifesting a nike deal 2019 but then shut down shop latinx and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> yeah you know so and they just saw that i've been working my ass off and they gave it to me that's beautiful and then like and then it seems like you do a lot of work on yourself too like with building that relationship what does that look like Ooh, i'm trying you're trying but i feel like when i was younger 19 to like 23 i was out literally five nights a week mm. five six nights trashed you know and now i'm in a place where like i i love being alone mm. and i love getting to know myself in the dark mm. if that makes sense like you're so different when no one's around you know and yeah, just, I love, and I am just naturally just like a homebody, you know, like I love just chilling in my apartment, playing music, hanging mm. out with my dog, walking my dog. I'm very into like one-on-one -on -one relationships, you know, like just going out 
to get lunch with a friend and then coming back home. So just, I think, allowing myself to have boundaries um, and respecting those boundaries and not mm -hmm. going out of my way to appease other people and like really just protecting my energy is how mm -hmm. I've been, you know, building this relationship with myself is just really listening to myself, what my mind and my body want and just acting on that. Mm -hmm.